welcome to the Move Daily Health Podcast, where we share information to empower you to be your own health hero. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Move Daily Health Podcast. I'm Dane Wallace, again here with Freya Spence, and our guest today is Alejandra Diaz, author of the upcoming book, Energy in Motion. Originally from Mexico City, Alex is a trendsetter when it comes to blending the fields of words, art, and fitness. After finding herself broke, overweight, and depressed, working long, unfulfilling hours as a graphic artist, Alex started to find her path by preparing for a fitness show. Although she plays poorly in sports and never returned to the stage, it was here that she discovered her purpose of guiding others to find personal strength through movement. In 2017, she exhibited the work of a lifetime in her first solo art show, Debut, in Burlington, Ontario, and recently obtained her pro bodybuilding status by blending bodybuilding with animal flow in an artistic zombie physique routine that has been described as the best scene in 10 years. Having clearly broken her vow of never returning to the stage, Alex also holds an international fourth place title from the Arnold Sports Festival. With 10 years of experience in various movement modalities, Alex works independently as a personal trainer, animal flow instructor, and neurolinguistic programming master practitioner, enabling individuals to understand and use movement as the language of the body to access the blueprint of optimal health and personal power. Without further ado, Alejandra, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I am truly excited to be here. <laughs> well, Hola. We, <laughs> Hola. Yeah, I'm like, is it Alex, Alejandra? I wasn't sure. We discussed that right before this. So can you, can you give the guests a little background? Is it Alex or is it Alejandra? It's actually both. So there is a really good story behind that. Uh, again, my, my name is Alejandra Diaz Mercado Chavez. <laughs> Clearly. And, and when I first moved to Canada in 2004... Uh, people could not pronounce Alejandra. I would get all sorts of interesting sounds coming out of them. <laughs> and it wasn't until Lady Gaga's song, Alejandro, oh, yes. that people could start pronouncing my name. But they would call me Alejandro, not Alejandra. And I would say, <laughs> no, that's my dad's name. So I decided to be Alex. The moment I arrived here, it was simple, it was easy. And to me, I always wanted to be called Alex, actually, because Alejandra was used whenever I was getting in trouble. Like my mom or my dad would say, Alejandra, so I did not want that. So I created a new personality and it's been Alex until this year where, you know, it's sort of like the name defines the person and also defines stages in your life. Um, and this year I became Alejandra again. <laughs> this time, not in trouble. Exactly. And you're also not afraid as someone else who has a J in her name. And I have seen all the pronunciations under the sun. Yeah. Freda was the best one. I was like, where did the D come from? <laughs> where did you get it? Did you just panic? Um, <laughs> or they hear it and they say Fran. Yeah. Because like, it's the only name they know that starts the nest. So they just say, oh, hi, Fran. I'm like, ah, okay. So that said, some of that almost speaks to you just... Uh, Owning the fact that you might make someone mildly uncomfortable or challenged, rather, in meeting that. And what you're doing right now is a huge challenge. You're writing a book. Yes, I am. Can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind your upcoming book? Yes. So uh, when I, in 2011, I had a personal transformation that led me to the field of uh, fitness. So I started working as a personal trainer and I just... There, there was passion every day that I went to work and it didn't matter who my client was. They came with what they called the problem. And to me, it fascinated um, to hear it, I was fascinated to hear that because it truly wasn't a problem. 
I was just so intrigued as to how they constructed it as a problem. So mm. as I got to know them, I started developing in interesting ways of, of delivering my message, um, helping them see the world differently. And so I started coming with very uh, funny or interesting phrases, sort of like... Uh, uh, when you're squatting, I want you to imagine a belt of energy tightening <laughs> around your body, right? Uh, or I would say, as you do that shoulder side raise with the three-pound dumbbell, imagine you're moving through a thick gelatin, and I want you to feel the resistance on the way up and on the way down. It's not about the way, it's about the gelatin that's surrounding your arm. And use your body as a unit of power. So they would stop and look at me. And I was confused because I didn't know I, I, if I'd said something really weird or they were understanding what I was saying. So I would ask them, <laughs> does that make sense to you? Does that make sense to you? And uh, they would just have this glitter in their eye and said, wow, I'd never heard that before. And it truly makes a lot of sense. I am really feeling it. So along <laughs> it was it was a blast like for them for me and 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 as the time kept going on it it's just a collection of all those little quirky little ways of saying and explaining things I started writing them here and there in journals and books um and and at some moment I decided I am going to write a book and I've been saying I'm going to write a book for about 6 7 years now <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it happens, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, but my, my clients were the source of inspiration just in trying to find ways to deliver a message that would speak to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And create connection with their bodies. That's a great, like that's a strong visual. Yeah. Rather than, you know, the, the very classic, like, I want you to feel your quads burn. Well, half your clients don't even know what their quads are. Yes. So we also don't want them to burn them. (laughs) So giving them a nicer (laughs) visual is uh, it's a richer visual with which they can work. Yes. And you being an artist, that probably came by quite naturally. Yes. Uh, Let me tell you about that. Because uh, one of the things I used to tell to my clients was, this is art. We're doing art here. And again, they would look at me with a very confused look on their face. And I said, yes, don't you think that with repetition, with time under tension, with time and with the habits, we are shaping the sculpture of the body. Mm-hmm. Like every time you move a, a your back a certain way, um, whether it's internal, you know, yeah. like that, that posture that you hold every single, uh, well, most of the moments during the day or whether we open up all the back muscles, uh, if you keep repeating the same thing over and over, over time, it shapes the sculpture of the body and then they would get it be like, I had never thought about it before. <laughs> I love that. It wasn't it. Um, I'm gonna misquote this so badly. I think it was Michelangelo. Didn't he say that he had a quote about sculpting, and he was just saying that every rock has a sculpture inside of it. Yes. Oh, I think you said it right. But if you know the, we're quote, gonna have to fact check awesome. that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And totally. I'm over here with a blank stare. I'm like, I. Michelangelo's an ninja turtle, I believe. I think he's the one that liked pizza. <laughs> I'm sure we could come up with a good metaphor about that. (laughs) (laughs) And so within the book called Energy in Motion, Mm -hmm. so was the premise of the book then just based on the experiences you've had as a personal trainer and helping people understand their bodies and their movement more? 
Ah, great question. Because that's what I thought it was going to be about. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be about movement, the body, training, and transferring those metaphors into other areas of your life, like how you think about things, how you view the world, how you construct problems. Um, and as I sat and started writing it, it became a creature of its own. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it had nothing to do with the, the physicality of movement, but rather of uh, movement as a concept. So it, it, it has transformed, it has evolved. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. I, can, I can tell you that the moment I started writing it, it turned into a creature of its own. <laughs> and with the years behind it, like thinking about it, Adam Grant has a term called procrastination. And also he talks about procrastination and basically you okay. had the idea and then you procrastinated for a long time, yeah. which means by the time that you actually go to do it, you probably have a lot of great ideas that have floated around for six or seven years. Yeah. So in that time, what was the catalyst that made you decide like, okay, now is the time that I'm going to do this? I, uh, so like I told you, I've been saying it for seven years and, um, I've come across other people that have done the same. So it's, it's, it's cool. We all think that we have a book inside of us, but what is the event that makes it happen? I, I became an independent, uh, contractor in the field of fitness and coaching three years ago. And that first year was, uh, incredible in exploring and giving myself the time to get to know myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I retaken the project and uh, funny, you said procrastination and procrastination. That really blew my mind right now. <laughs> um, it turns out I'm a big procrastinator and being a creative person, I usually run four big projects at the same time. So time kept going uh, quick, kept passing by and I didn't, I don't know, the book was going nowhere. And I took on a, another couple of big projects. However, throughout those three years, I had listed, talking about law of attraction, I had written down and listed what needed to happen for me to know that this was the perfect moment to write a book. And I, I wrote a list uh, that went something like this. Uh, meet the person that's going to guide me into finding all the elements that I need to have from, not, from having some, a, a collection of material here and there to knowing how to structure that material, uh, how to publish it, uh, how to, yeah, yeah, like everything. I just needed everything. It was a list of 10 things. Then it happened. <laughs> you, you met a publisher. I met a publisher <laughs> and I met him at an, a wealth event called Awaken Your Wisdom, where mm -hmm. I was performing as an artist. I did animal flow and I did live painting and I decided to stay the whole day just to listen to the speakers and, and see who would I meet? Because, you know, you often are there not for the purpose or the reason you think you are. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's other big things happening uh, outside of your window of perspective. So the, the publisher, Raymond Aaron, he, he went on stage and discussed exactly what his program was about. And all I kept seeing in my head was checklist, checkmark, 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 <laughs> checkmark, checkmark on, the, on, the, on, on my checklist. And I ended up, uh, yeah, just being the first one to run to the back to sign my name to have this work done with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the live performances while you do animal flow and paint. How did that come about? Ah, uh, so I was sitting at a specific Tim Hortons in Burlington where I, I get my best ideas. <laughs> and at that day I had promised myself I wasn't going to reply to any messages. I needed sort of like a little detox from a phone and social media and emails. 
and a message came through and I decided to pick it up. I broke my vow, like, you know, I, I usually do <laughs> when it's worth it. <laughs> and a friend sent me a message. She said, I have a spot. I have an event happening at the end of the month and one of my presenters uh, is no longer going to be able to do it. Could you either paint or do animal flow? So she gave me the option. Traveling back to the past a year before that, I, at my first solo uh, show, debut, debut, yeah. did I say that right? Debut. debut. <laughs> debut. I, I think I'm going to say debut in uh, yeah. the introduction, but yeah, it's oh debut. My God. You know I, I chose the name and I cannot even say it right, but she had watched me paint live. So that really stayed with her. And over the course of the upcoming years, she'd been following my animal flow online. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the reason why she thought of me. Like I popped into her head and she gave me the option. So either uh, could you paint or could you do animal flow? So it's almost like she said uh, chocolate or vanilla ice cream. <laughs> right? yeah. And I said, I thought about it for a second. I said, mm, how about we swirl them, right? It's never an either or option. Swirling, <laughs> swirling is the best choice. Swirling is fun, yeah. So I said, how about both? And she was like, could you do that? I'm like, absolutely. And then I hung up the phone and I went like, wow, how am I going to make this happen? <laughs> I think I was just too excited because she said two of my favorite things, yeah. art and animal flow. Yeah. So I made it happen. I had no idea how I was going to make it happen. Uh, I went to Home Depot, looked for the materials, uh, and, and, and I knew animal flow, it's a, a big comfort zone for me. But not in a complacent way, yeah. in just a very flow way. Like I, I really feel connected to energy when I am doing animal flow. So I just, I, I came prepared with the material. I had a, a general concept of what that was going to look like. And the musician that they paired me with, actually, we'd never met before. And she asked me a couple, uh, uh, two days prior to the event on the phone, what do you want me to play? And I said, I want you to do your art Let's make magic happen in the moment. I think that's when some of the best creations are made, mm -hmm. when it just happens in the moment. And you have to be at a, at a certain development spot with your craft where you can get out of your head and jump on stage mm -hmm. and just let the energy flow. My brother calls it being in spirit. It's yes. like being inspired. Yeah, yeah, you're out of your head. You're completely present to the audience, to to the sounds, to the vibrations, and and you make magic happen. And then you come out of stage and you ask yourself, who who was that person? <laughs> like, was I possessed or something? Yeah, and that's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> was there ever a moment where you really felt like you were torn between fitness and art, and you weren't sure what to do? Yes, I at. Uh, I was torn for three years and it was very painful. So after my first fitness show and I became a personal trainer, actually my goal was to generate enough income so I could go back to school to study computer animation, which mm -hmm. is what initially brought me to Canada. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my goal when I came to Canada was to create monsters. <laughs> growing up as a child and that's why I still held you know when I was 15 I want to make monsters so, so you're gonna go to the friendliest country in the world and create monsters create there. monsters okay. yeah okay. <laughs> and they're they're gonna teach you how to create monsters <laughs> yes so I know a little darkness here <laughs> oh god um yeah, so my goal when I started working as a personal trainer was to have enough income to go back to school. So for three years, I was torn because I was either at home uh, doing art or working on my portfolio or at work 
teaching movement and training and doing personal training. And it was hard. It took a lot of energy. And every day, my heart felt literally like it was split in half. And, and that happened for three years. It was exhausting. It was exhausting. And I could not find a way to make it work, to have enough energy, to have enough time to, to get to my goal. Mm-hmm. And going back to the chocolate or vanilla analogy, literally, I was stuck between having to choose either chocolate or vanilla ice cream. For the rest of your life. <laughs> for the rest of my life. Yeah. And... A lot of you perhaps have gone through the same thing. It just seems like it's there's no other option. Something changed in somewhere along their journey, and I cannot recall exactly what it what it was, but it felt like the answer was, "Can I just have it both?" <laughs> as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Can I just have it both? And there's also not just chocolate and vanilla. There's a strawberry, and there is a cotton candy, in and and. It just options started opening up for me. So it started with a decision. I went to work the next day after I had made that decision. And, I, and I, again, I cannot recall what was the catalyst to that decision. But I started viewing the body as a sculpture. And the moment I decided to do that, anytime that I trained a client, I could sense myself doing art. And at that moment, my heart became whole and complete again. And I was no longer strained between having to choose because I was practicing both things that I loved. Yeah, art and fitness together. Yeah. Now on that topic, in terms of the artwork behind it, what made you choose bodybuilding as your first foray into fitness and doing a competition? Coming from going to school and working hours and hours and realizing like that just wasn't fulfilling your health side of things, what drew you to bodybuilding and to the stage? I'm really eager to hear your response to this as well, because when I was, when I was younger, I also, I loved performing on the stage, mm-hmm. but I also loved lifting weights. And those were two big outlets for me. And I ended up kind of veering into strongman competitions mm-hmm. and it completely satisfied both itches for me. So I'm eager to hear if bodybuilding might've done the same thing for you. Yes. Uh, it, again, it has to do with competition pleading a part of you that feels broken or, or hesitant or, or angry or upset for some reason. So I started, uh, sports have always been a part of my life. Um, actually, my, my parents are physical education teachers. And from the side of my dad, everybody plays sports. And um, my grandfather actually went to um, the Olympics. And on my mom's side, everybody's an artist. So... <laughs> Talk about having it in your genes or in your blood. Mm-hmm. It was there since the moment I was growing up. So, and I played volleyball. I, w- I, I did ballet for 10 years. I played volleyball for 10 years. I got high up there in the competitive, competitive level until my height became an issue. Because <laughs> I am five foot three. <laughs> so. so you mean at 14, they cut you because uh, nowadays yeah. the 14 year olds are like six feet tall. Yeah. You were a setter. I was a setter and a libero. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Tiny moves yeah. fast. <laughs> and when I went to school, that took a back seat. So I started uh, and, and I started growing older. <laughs> I got into my 20s and later into my 30s. And yeah, the body just it's like every 10 years you're handed a new body with a new set of rules, mm-hmm. basically. So after I had uh, three years of personal darkness, this was uh, out of being unfulfilled, broke and depressed in my job, I started, believe it or not, with CrossFit. (laughs) The craziest thing you could imagine. (laughs) We believe it. (laughs) 
CrossFit has been mentioned on almost every podcast that we've had. Are you serious? Because as much as people knock it, there is uh-huh. one thing that's great about it is uh, actually there are a few things. One's community, one's mm-hmm. infectious energy, yeah. and the other one is exposure to multiple tools. Yeah. To me, the gym was super boring as a ballerina until I got exposed to s- someone who did CrossFit and was like, oh, wait, there's a thing called a kettlebell? Oh, <laughs> there's like this other... Oh, cool. I don't have to go do... Yeah. You know, just like sets and reps of things that I didn't enjoy. So you're fully, yeah, we understand. And sometimes people jump in without qualifications and that's a a different issue. Mm -hmm. But from a draw standpoint, there's a lot of energy there. Yeah. Well, you, Freya, as a dancer, you can understand a kettlebell is something you can dance with, right? (laughs) Yeah. Again? Yeah, exactly. I still point my toes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I love that. That's the thing we can do in Animal Flow, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. My my husband was teaching CrossFit at the time and he owned the gym and he he's been my biggest fan and biggest supporter and even when I hated myself and I did not believe in myself he never lost it belief for me or the love for me thankfully he never he never gave up on me either so I started at his CrossFit gym and uh, I hated it (laughs) I, I have to admit I hated it I yeah, I, I just don't know. At that moment, my, my body from being so weak and we've discussed like hyperextension and uh, some other conditions that, you know, unique individuals yeah. might exhibit. Nobody could understand me. So there was very little guidance when it came to explaining why I was in so much pain or why I wasn't progressing as fast as the rest of the people or why just carrying a 45 pound dumb, dumbbell uh, barbell would feel like it would wreck my back. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not how a body should feel. No, there's a certain loads that we should be able to move without pain at certain distances. We should be able to run without pain. And, and that wasn't the case with me. So I kept falling off the wagon in and out, in and out. And somewhere along that time, I met a, a woman who at, at that time I described like she was a Greek goddess statue that had come down to earth and was just there in front of me. And she looked like the people I had only seen in magazines and I could not believe my eyes that I was looking at this person right in front of me. That caused an impact on me. And I was still in this dark, foggy cloud I could not bring myself out to. Yeah, I had been depressed for two or three years and I had stopped working. My only job was to go to the gym for 20 minutes to do a crazy... (laughs) Can I say that word? You can. Okay. A crazy <laughs> wad. Okay. I woke up this morning and I was uh, very worried about saying something inappropriate that would have to be edited out. <laughs> I think you're okay. It's all good. Okay, good. So, but that was my only job to go to the gym once a day, do a 20 minute workout, and that was it. But that took everything out of me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was addicted to food at that time. I would fight and cry and beg my husband to to drive me to the uh, drive-thru at Tim Hortons and get a bagel in the middle of the night and I would get home and drizzle it with caramel. See, I can really paint the picture for you because I lived it. I lived that darkness and I lived that addiction. Uh, So this woman one day looked at me and and she said, you're so beautiful. What are you doing to yourself? And it hit me right. Like, I, I don't know. I felt like I banged myself against the wall and I was, I didn't know how to respond to that. I didn't know if I was upset, if I was confused, but it stopped me cold on my tracks. And I, I looked at her and I said, what do you mean? And she said, 
you could get on stage. You would be amazing because you have this Mexican spicy background and like you, you like performance. She's she seen some sort of light in me that I could not see at, for that I hadn't seen in a couple of years. Uh, and I said, then the bargaining kicked in inside my head and I said, Okay, well, first of all, if this woman is saying it because she looks like that, I am going to choose to believe that. So I made a choice to believe her, right? No matter how uh, out there that proposal was. And after I chose to believe her, then I started bargaining and I said, oh, yeah, so how long is this going to take? And she said it would take four months. And uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, that's another uh, interesting uh, easy, way. Easy, yeah. easy, four totally, months, no totally. big deal. Yeah. And I, again, at that moment, I was... Uh, coming out of the fog and I could not see clearly and I chose to believe and I don't know for some reason I chose to believe that mm -hmm. so in my head I started doing math and I said to myself well I've been depressed for three years what if I could have the body that she has in four months what would the rest of my life look like what would the next rest of the year look like mm -hmm. uh, what couldn't I do or not do with that body in this world right mm -hmm. yeah. so I just started rolling with it I went home that night, I spoke to her the next day, and I said, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was a group of four friends that we were preparing for a fitness show. Uh, and I jumped in. I did everything I was told for the next week, but it was like uh, quitting cold turkey on a deep-rooted addiction. On everything, yeah. Oh, my God. It, it was, uh, my body went literally through a week of detoxifying. There was pain, there was anxiety. Uh, by Saturday, so I started on Monday, and by Saturday, I was hugging a pillow, crying in bed, and telling my husband that I just couldn't do it. And the worst thing about that is that I am a per I'm very connected to my words. So whenever I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do everything in my power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even sometimes it means sacrificing a little bit of myself, but I gave my word and I'm going to go through it. I've grown a little smarter. Let's just put it that way. Say so you and I are on the same team and I've grown smarter. <laughs> yes. It, it, meaning we learn to preempt that commitment, meaning we get to analyze it a little bit better. And instead of just jumping in, willing to help someone say yes, we might analyze if we say yes, then what are we saying no to? And if exactly. the no is a resounding one against ourself and our health in particular, mm -hmm. that's not for sale anymore. <laughs> yes. And we've, yeah, it's been through experience mm -hmm. that we've learned that and it's opened up our windows to see more. And that's mm -hmm. been the case with me. So back to me hugging the pillow and crying in bed and so like just saying, forgive me. I was saying, forgive me to my husband. Not to myself. I was just, forgive me, please. I cannot do this. And my husband said, you do not need to do anything, Alex. Like, I love you how you are. Uh, and I was 40 pounds overweight of what I was right now. And it doesn't matter whether it's five pounds or 40 or 100 pounds. What matters what is what you feel like, what I was feeling inside my body, uh, inside myself. I hated myself. And... Um, that was just a terrible thing. Hate is a strong word, and I truly hated myself. So that day he took me for pizza. We went for a <laughs> walk to the, to the lake, to the park. He said, that's okay, Alex. I love you. And that's how the day ended. And the next day I woke up and I said, I'm not giving up, damn it. <laughs> I'm not giving up. So I came back. I came back and, and I took it all the way. And it was painful and I hated. And again, I'm still using that word purposely. It's a strong word. And I did. I truly hated every single step of the way. I got on stage. I 
placed 16th out of 17 competitors. But the people around me, my brother, he had tears in his eyes. He could not believe the transformation he'd seen in me in four months. And I started, I felt different. I felt like I had found myself again, like I had regained a sense of that power, that energy, that drive that I used to have. And I, for some reason, I forgot I did and I lost it and it was all going to shit. <laughs> Literally <laughs> everything was going to shit in my life. And, and I just started seeing things differently. I regained that power. And that's when I, I made the decision that I wanted to be there for others, that if I found this in myself and I had lost it, that maybe there were a lot of women out there that felt the same way. And because I had walked through darkness, I could meet them in darkness and guide them out of that. Yeah. I think the best thing that could have happened to you was to go out for pizza that one day. <laughs> for real, right? Like, hey, welcome yeah. to the Move Daily Health Podcast. Eat pizza. <laughs> but for real, because you were in such a bad place and you just needed to understand like it wasn't all or nothing mm -hmm. you know it's like oh my husband still loves me i can still have a piece of pizza but hey you know what that gave me the reserves to then eat more broccoli the next day you know <laughs> yes and it just kind of sent you on that way so i think that that's something that a lot of people can resonate with so that was beautiful and thank you for telling us that yeah and a lot of people do jump down that train but um perhaps they miss what you so eloquently emphasized was the feeling you had in your body. A lot of people are driven down any specific group, but especially the figure group because of the leanness that comes with it, not because of the feeling they have in their skin, but because of the look that they want to achieve. So feeling like you went into CrossFits, didn't feel good. Cool out you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you went into this and you knew that you didn't feel good here. And the end game maybe wasn't fun. Well, oh, sorry, the process four months wasn't super fun. You said you hated it, <laughs> yes, <I did>. but <laughs> you regained a feeling and yeah. that helped you figure out where you wanted to be. So Sharon Kelly is uh, a naturopath in the city mm -hmm. and she said, everybody just wants a feeling. Mm -hmm. And for some people it can just be like, oh, we got them to eat more vegetables with their meal and that 10% body fat they thought they wanted has just gone out the window because they're like, actually, now I have good energy. I'm good. Like, yeah. I'm sim I'm oversimplifying it. But it's somewhere along that process, especially when we do push ourselves, that we usually find, it's like we recalibrate. It's like you're so far into the darkness, force yourself out of it. And yeah. I'm using that word somewhat purposely because you clearly had some force in that four-month timeline because that's a tight timeline so for all our <laughs> listeners if you want to prep for something in four months that you've never done before please be very cautious <laughs> yes. that's challenging yeah so you had that four month period mm -hmm. and you hated it i did so what was the next step after that competition and what kept you going like you said you did more competitions after that even though you said you wouldn't and you got into animal flow and more movement yes so after that four month stretch what was the next step from there uh so during that four month period a couple of magical things happened and this is where my love for bodybuilding continued to grow compared to crossfit in bodybuilding i had the time and the chance to slow things down and really feel my body. Mm -hmm. uh, it, I, it wasn't a workout that needed to be completed in uh, 10 minutes or 20 minutes. I could slow things down. Mm -hmm. uh, so connecting with my body was starting, was part of the process of reconnecting with self-love. And I even started calling it muscle meditation. So again, that's one of the, the famous phrases that I tell my clients. So you're doing muscle meditation. What do you mean? No, I'm either meditating or I'm working out. Again, chocolate or vanilla. <laughs> I 
love that. I just want to put that in. Muscle meditation is great. Yes. Oof, I love that. Yeah. Chocolate or vanilla? No, let's swirl it. Let's meditate and work out at the same time. I'm going to use that next time. See, because today I felt like there were a million balls in the air. And so mm-hmm. I literally had five minutes and I just decided to do 10 Turkish get-ups, just alternating, uh-huh. so that for anybody who doesn't know what a get-up is, I don't know why they call them Turkish get-ups, but it's a get-up. You get off the ground to standing and back down with a kettlebell overhead, but just having a weight overhead in an extended arm where you really have to focus, especially with hypermobile shoulders, was enough to knock me out of whatever like state of overwhelm that was yes. building before, because I was like, well, you kind of have to pay attention to the weight overhead. The only other like huge time that we... Get that is in water when we swim. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you're going to have to focus on your breathing or you will not yes. be breathing. breathing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's a positive thing. That sounds, yeah. I like muscle meditation. That's a great term for it. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. And it is, uh, I started noticing like there's these things that get you out of your head yeah. and ground you. Yeah. So that's what people describe when they're meditating. So I said, oh, well, this is like meditation for me. Uh, and um that was one of the things that started happening. I just, uh, uh, my body being so unsta- unstable started becoming stable and strong and toned. And um, the joints weren't flying all over the place that they usually did before. So that was, I was very thankful for that experience. And throughout those four months that I was miserable, I used to do my cardio on an empty stomach at 6 a.m. in the morning, like most people do, which now I know better. They're many different ways of doing it that's not just the only way now i don't do that because uh, exactly (laughs) i chose cotton candy this time (laughs) i no longer do my cardio on an empty stomach so i met another woman preparing for a show but she was just glowing this woman was glowing she had a smile on her face she was talking to everybody so in my head i was saying i'm never ever gonna do this but if I ever do, I want to do it like her. So only if I find a way to be like her and do it like her. I don't know what she's drinking, man. I don't know what she's drinking. But if I ever do it again, I want to be like that. And so I broke my vow because I did find a way. And I came back another eight times to stage. Right? And I, yeah, that I, I loved it. I've loved every single step of the way in every single one of those preps. And it's been, it, every one of them has been unique and different, by the way. And uh, animal flow comes into play too, because taking it one step further, when it comes to muscle meditation, animal flow, wow, it just does it all for me. Yeah, just putting the hands on the floor and the feet on the ground, talking about grounding, talking about getting out of your thinking mind and into the feeling body and acknowledging and learning from that experience. Again, it just, it completed it for me. Again, we've been talking about how parts of yourself are, you know, broken or disconnected and and animal flow just managed to put all of that together for me because the next uh, six competitions that I did it was just now it became about doing the same thing over and over and over and over again so it did get boring for me just going into the gym and doing leg extensions and doing side shoulder side races Mm -hmm. and so in 2015 after the Arnold's I decided again to stop competing because I had pretty much done it all what could top the Arnold's I was in a stage uh in front of over 10,000 people (laughs) it was incredible so I came back and I said what could get better than that uh nothing that I can find at the moment 
And a couple of years later, I said, I would only go back to stage if, again, here are my I conditions. I remember you saying that. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. But see, this is how my life has been functioning. I set this set of conditions that uh, would entice me to jump back again, to do these incredible challenges. And I set my conditions and it is like, because I wrote it with a magic pen, then I, six months later, they're right in front of my face and I have to say, yes, I have to say, yes, I wrote it. It's like law of attraction, right? There it is. You wrote it. Here's your wish granted. <laughs> so my set of conditions was, um, I would have to do it with someone very close to me. Um, so my sister-in-law and a very good friend of me of Omar decided to do the competition and I wanted to do a routine, a fitness mm -hmm. routine. Mm -hmm. uh, now talking about uh, judgment that comes from others, I was always told that I could never do physique unless I went into, you know, use of substances. I was never big enough, mm -hmm. um, all sorts of stories. So I decided to just stay as a figure competitor. But then I said, no, I want to do a routine. I, it doesn't matter how small I am on stage. My, if my strength is presence and posing and animal flow and, and performance, and eliciting emotions from people, well, that's one. That's what I'm going to play with. I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to do that. And I did. And again, bodybuilding and anima flow merged beautifully because I could do my two loves together yet again. And art, of course, art, right? So again, all of those three elements being present, art, animal flow, and bodybuilding, I got on stage and I did the zombie routine yeah. and everybody loved it. Yeah. I heard a story, by the way, that they, before I got on stage, they had announced me and um, in front of my brother, there was uh, two kids just jumping and being like ah, all over the place. And, and parents were super stressed about trying to calm them down, right? Because they were, you know, watching the show. And the moment I came on stage, the kids were quiet. <laughs> and I don't know what they were going through, but there was silence everywhere, including little children. <laughs> I hope I didn't scare them. <laughs> Because you created a monster. Yes. There you go. And I just want to tell everyone, if you want to see the coolest bodybuilding routine you will ever see, just so beautiful with the way she moves on stage, we will link that into the show notes for you. It is unbelievable. And if they want to search it online, what can they search for? In my uh, Facebook and in my Instagram, mm -hmm. there is little snippets of it. Okay. Yeah. And I'll... I'll, I'll I'll share All right, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have those in the show notes, how to yes. access you on Facebook and Instagram. Thank but you. I, everyone needs to see this routine because it's just, you'd never expect this to happen on a bodybuilding stage. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Can we sidetrack just slightly? You and I have spoken about hypermobility mm -hmm. um, and we're both into varied movement backgrounds can you tell us a little bit about how you started managing it within the context of bodybuilding versus adding in some of the bodyweight movements again? Mm -hmm. I definitely have come to learn that in my case, I need load bearing, despite what I've been told when I started doing gymnastics. And I need load bearing because it stabilizes, it grounds my joints easier or faster than just the body weight. Body weight training is very jealous in the sense that if I let it go even for two weeks, it's out the window. All the progress that I made in six months or one year in two weeks, I can retract. Is that a right word yeah. to use? Yeah. yeah. Well, you can decondition. Decondition yeah. back almost like six months mm -hmm. just for two weeks. And it's just, uh, no, it's, it's a terrible feeling, especially when you've been so accountable to it. 
So, and when I combine it with load bearing, uh, it seems to stay a little longer. So Animal Flow, on the other hand, has taught me how to create uh, deeper connections and spirals of energy at, at the joint level. Mm-hmm. So it has opened up a deeper understanding into gymnastics training. So it's just like they feed off of each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. A lot of people who are more hypermobile tend to be afraid of loading the joints. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is the education that we're given is your joints hyperextend or people have the term, oh, you're double jointed. That doesn't exist, by the way. It just means mm-hmm. that they travel a lot farther, but there's weakness that occurs if you never train those ranges. Mm-hmm. I especially found, and I want to ask you about this, when I was introduced to animal flow versus all the other gymnastics skills I'd been learning it was one of the best things I did for my shoulders mm-hmm. because now all of a sudden my shoulders felt connected to my torso and to my hips. Whereas beforehand I'd like press 135 pounds overhead and it was like totally disconnected from the rest of my body. Mm-hmm. Not great. I think the first time I did it around Dane, he was like, ah, your wrists and elbows shouldn't move that way. And I'm like, what do you mean? Where are they? There was, there was normal, right? Yeah. There was no end point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and you know, talking about any decision that you make that creates more wholesome, more connection inside yourself. So whether it's meditation and two parts of you that are just upset because you cannot have it all or your body, right? Like a shoulder that doesn't connect properly to the torso or the hips that keep going sideways when you don't even feel it. Mm-hmm. Anything that creates more wholesomeness increases strength increases personal mm-hmm. power so whether it's mind or body mm-hmm. and uh, that's what animal flow has done for me it has increased the connection and, and wholesomeness i love that yeah and i mean we had we had alicia on at one point to talk about alternative fitness mm-hmm. and just hearing your story about how you were doing crossfit and it just felt terrible on your body and your joints and then you tried bodybuilding and it felt great i mean there's everybody's different Mm -hmm. and so there are all these quote-unquote rules out there if you go on the internet it's a very dangerous place you'll read that you're doing everything wrong even if it feels awesome for you or you'll be if something feels terrible and everyone says it's right don't keep pushing because your body is different and especially if you're on the hypermobility spectrum as i think the two of you can speak to much better than i can there are tools that are going to make you feel quite good like you know load bearing stability of the joints that nature of things but you know, just to take CrossFit as another example, if you're doing CrossFit and it's fast paced and lots of reps and it doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. just pump the brakes, try and slow it down a bit. Maybe that's going to be a better approach for you. Yeah. You know, time under tension and load bearing, not necessarily load progressive overload or, or carrying more and more and more weight, yeah. but time under tension has been the key for me. Mm-hmm. So I can grab the smallest weight and just focus mm-hmm. on the creation of energy. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah more moving it rather and focusing on the movement around the it rather feeling. than like mm-hmm. constantly seeking more and more load yes. yeah yes. yeah you know something that has been fantastic about uh, my body being this way is part of how I work with my clients mm-hmm. when they come to me for personal training uh, we talk about movement and the first thing I want to know is how do they define movement where do they want to move more in their lives or how they want to move and I said, it has everything to do with me learning what you and your body are all about. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Dane, it's, it's unique for everybody. Yeah. We, we do um, a similar, well, the same approach 
and we were just having a conversation with a new client yesterday who was asking about that because she was a little bit nervous. She's like, are you guys going to make me do X, Y, Z? Mm. And it's like, no, we're not going to make you do anything. In fact, we're going to do an assessment and that assessment educates us about what your body is doing now. And then you tell us what feeling you want and where you want to go with things mm-hmm. and what things you enjoy doing day to day. And then we paint a picture of where your pattern, like your body tells a story. Where are your mm-hmm. patterns right now? Let's educate ourselves together. And then let's figure out where that takes you to find whatever feeling you want to achieve, which is in contrast to other areas where it's like, you're going to come in, you weigh this much, you're going to lose this many pounds by this many months, and you just need to show up and do what I say. Mm -hmm. And there's no, which is fine. I'm not trying to like bash that approach. That approach is for some people, that's exactly what they want and that's Mm -hmm. okay. But it is a very unique approach to just, it's a slower approach to get people to really tune in and figure out like, oh yeah, what am I feeling? Because even Feldenkrais said, in order to get what you want, you have to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And most of us walk around not necessarily knowing what we're doing for a while. We all have those periods <laughs> in time. Yes, we've all been there. I, I was there, there walking yeah. through the fog and <laughs> yeah. believing whatever anybody was able to offer at that moment. But yeah. it was fine. Yeah. It's, it's what got me out of that rut, right? Which like we great. spoke about. Yeah. 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 Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> But no, at the end of the day, it's when you understand the power that movement can have Mm -hmm. to help you, especially if you're feeling, you know, depressed and unmotivated, just try moving your body more. It can have a massive, massive impact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, movement is the language of the body. Yes. Yes. Uh, Isn't everything on inside of how we're built moving and meant to move and grow and change. So movement is the language of the body and and it is also the way to move energy and mindset and energy and motion. That is what the, that is what my book is about, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that brings us all the way around. Yes. And, and in moving the body, acknowledging what is it feeling physically and emotionally, the motion part being the, why are you doing that type of movement? Does it serve a long-term purpose does it make you a better person is it going to enable you to grow up to be 90 and be able to walk upright without the aid of anything if you want to live to 90 that (laughs) being said yeah that (laughs) yeah but having the choice to live that way yeah Yeah. Yeah. so what purpose does it serve Mm -hmm. yeah these are deep questions that she's going to be asking you in the book energy and motion (laughs) let's go for it let's go for it (laughs) Our final wrap-up questions mm-hmm. are little quick-fire ones that we like to ask all of our guests, and it's partially how we fill our library. <laughs> what is the most impactful book you've read in the last year? Ah, it was Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. That book pieced everything that I've been collecting everywhere in my throughout my whole life, pieced it all together, and it just gave me clarity. That's great. Mm-hmm. By the way, do you read books while you're in the process of writing one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you have to cleanse your brain or do you get inspired by that? I get very inspired. And there is always a slight fear that I might just be derailed by what I'm reading because I connect with it emotionally so much or uh, intellectually so much that it will change my book. And I decided to get rid of that fear. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. No more. No more of that. Exactly. Make choices out of love, not fear. (laughs) 
exactly. That's a good rule yes. just to operate by. Because I love to read, so why wouldn't I? Why would I deprive well, myself? Yeah. <laughs> you're you're in our book room. There are four up there that yes. are on the <laughs> What is your one non-negotiable daily self-care tool? Movement. Yes, it changes my energy. Uh, my husband thanks me for that <laughs> every single day. And my clients too. Yeah, it just shaves off sharp edges that I have in my personality because it can be a wildfire. <laughs> Does it just tire them out? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's that is the energy is used purposely in a way that um, it calms down. It, it becomes contained fire as opposed to a wildfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Better to walk around that way, <laughs> not burning others. <laughs> I agree. But you know, I think to a certain extent, everybody's body is built that way. And when it doesn't get to express, it doesn't have an outlet, all that stuff gets bottled up. Like the person mm-hmm. who's crazy stressed all the time, their sympathetic nervous system wants them to go sprint somewhere. It wants them to punch something. It mm-hmm. wants, like, not because they're an angry, mean person, because get, it wants you to express that, but instead it just gets bottled up and then expresses itself as like digestive dysfunction or not being Absolutely. able to sleep or feeling irritable, but not really understanding why. Yes. So I do think to a certain extent, we all have those little edges and our nervous system needs to run Yeah. even after the age of five. <laughs> and I want to add to that yeah. because this is where another source of inspiration for the book, the concept by Joe Dispenza that emotion is energy in motion. Mm-hmm. So if those emotions are just stuck inside the body because you do not know what to do with them, it's a vibration. It's just Mm -hmm. screaming to get out of you. And Mm -hmm. movement does that for you. There's other ways too, of course, but movement does that for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've had multiple moments Mm -hmm. with people who have basically sucker punched you into a different way of living life (laughs) within like a couple (laughs) sentences. So if you had five minutes with somebody, what would be the one thing you'd try and impart? Enabling them to open a conversation with themselves. Yeah, just taking a second to stop and hear out what their mind has been saying, what their body has been saying, and where are they going from that moment on with their lives. Mm -hmm. Because one thing we forget, it's how being here is just a blink of an eye in the infinite of the universe. And I have often asked the question, why you, why me, why here, why now? It's meaningless if you think about infinity uh, Mm -hmm. of time and space. But there must be a very important reason why you and me are sitting here right now having this conversation. Why the person across in the computer, why you guys out there are listening to this podcast. There must be something very important as to why this is happening. So take a moment and just hear yourself out, inside out, and discover what that is all about. I think that is an excellent place to wrap this up. That is a great thought to leave everyone with. But before that, Alejandra, where can people find you? Oh, my website, artofmovingstrong.com. It's going to be live by the end of this week. You guys are being a big accountable piece for me to make this happen. You can find me on Instagram at aledsme. And on Facebook as well. Now, I heard there's a limit on how many friends you can have. I try to add as many friends as I can. Uh, But all the information is there. Uh, Again, the website is the source of communication. And I am most active on Instagram. Mm -hmm. 
Sadly, it has the perfect cocktail of dopamine for me, so I am incredibly active on Instagram. <laughs> you so, you and a lot I of and people. I will respond. <laughs> Ooh, a message. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, it's my poison of choice at the moment. I'm working on that too. Yes. <laughs> yes, as as are most people, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yum. <laughs> Well, it's more like the dose makes the poison, but yeah, I mean, the same is true with everything. You could probably eat lead paint and get away with it for a while. Yeah. yeah. I'll try not to look the walls in this place. But. <laughs> anyway, Ali, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. That conversation was amazing. I think a lot of people are going to resonate with a lot of the things you, uh, you mentioned. And uh, congratulations on the upcoming book. We'll definitely let people know when that is uh, finally out. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm sure we'll see you around the park flowing. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And thank you, Dane and Freya, for uh, this moment in time where we got the chance to chat and have fun. And you made me say some things I've never heard myself be say before, by the way. <laughs> so that was yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah and, I, and those are things that I think are going to help a lot of people. So again, thank you so much for coming on and being so candid. Yeah. And uh, everyone out there listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time on the Move Jelly Health Podcast. Adios, amigos. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed our conversation. To hear more, head on over to Stitcher or iTunes and subscribe to the Move Daily Health Podcast. And don't hesitate to leave us a review. Thanks for listening.